0: It was literally like a big shoe, like the moccasin shoe. Yeah. And it got awarded worst mascot in (laughs) history by ESPN, I think, at one point. Uh, Who would know that? So I'm glad we leaned back towards the the mockingbird. It's a little better. We got the state bird.
1: If you can't write a contract on the back of your car on a Saturday night, then you don't know enough. All you have to do is show up. Just show up and you can succeed. Let's get to the point. Hope you enjoy the, this interview with James Rao. James has been on before. Uh, this time you'll hear a lot of laughing and carrying on with regard to where he went to college and their mascots. So it's, it's a little funny. But he also won the award, the Cultural Icon Award last year. And I'll read that. The associate who exhibits the true culture of Keller Williams. So it was a very special interview and you'll see what's in his heart. All right, everyone, we're here today to talk to James Arau. James has uh, been here on these podcasts before, Uh so you know how it's done, right? Uh, You had two awards for the year. We're here to uh, call out, reward, and recognize the 2021 performance uh, for James. And uh, he won the Silver Circle Club Award, Recognition of Close Sales Achievement, from 3 million to 4.9 million. Congratulations. Thank you. How did you do that? Uh, a lot of hard work, uh-huh. uh, a lot
0: of setting goals, modeling those goals, and implementing the systems I have available to me as best I can.
1: So, James, you've been in real estate two years?
0: That was my second full year.
1: Second full year, and you were a teacher? Yes, correct. Before that, right? And so you're liking the income growth oh, yeah. from teacher to oh, realtor, yeah. right? It's a big difference. Well, I'd say it's awesome. Uh, so we'll, we'll touch a minute on, you also won the Cultural Icon Award. And that award is presented to the associate, the agent that exhibits the true culture of of Keller Williams for, of course, this would be for the year 2021. And I wanna just define that a little bit because that's really a cool thing and it's hard, it's hard to vote on, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So our values for Keller Williams are God, family, and then business. And I'll go on with a little bit. We believe real estate is a local service business driven by individual real estate agents and their local image within their centers of influence and client base. We believe our associates should be treated like stakeholders. We believe stakeholder companies always measure profit or loss, open the books, and tell the truth. And we believe who you're in business with really does matter. And then we have a, a belief system. Um, that's how we that's how we grow our relationship, I guess, among ourselves uh, is our beliefs, and we call them. And this is all Kellerisms, Y, (laughs) four C, two T's. And so it's the, I'll go through them. Win, win, or no deal. Integrity, do the right thing. And I always add, even when no one's looking to that one. Mm -hmm. Customers always come first. Commitment in all things. Communication, seek first to understand. Creativity, ideas before results. Uh, Teamwork together, everyone achieves more. Uh, This is a big one. Trust begins with honesty and a new one added recently was equity opportunities for all and success results through people. So with the God family and then business, um, James, you were awarded the Cultural Icon Award because you you help everybody that needs help. You kind of go way out of your way to help people succeed and you have impressed us so much, even with your training skills
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the limited time you've been in real estate. Tell us about that.
0: I I think I always just kind of naturally gravitate towards that. I've always been the person. If I hear somebody that has a question or a problem, if I have the answer, I've I, I kind of have to, I have to help them out. So I, I've, know, being at the office a lot, when I first started, I just, once I picked up on something and got good at it, I wanted to just share it with everybody else around me. And I, I saw a lot of agents who did the opposite. And I kind of always wanted to lead in the other direction, which I see. I think a lot of agents, because we're all competing with each other, they kind of get this feeling of I don't want to give my secrets away Mm -hmm. because if I give away my secrets and they'll do what I do and I lose all the business Mm -hmm. and I've always thought there's just so much business to go around and nobody's going to do it exactly like I do it so why don't I just share and we'll all win together
1: that's right that's a scarcity mentality but the people that you're going to work with who are in your phone now are different from other people's phone and their sphere of influence right so yeah I understand, and a lot, and people do look at it that way sometimes. So, culturally speaking, like how how long was your drive in here? Let's let's go with that. This morning to teach to hold a training (laughs) class. Uh, It should have been, I think, forty five minutes, but Mm -hmm. it turned into
0: an hour and forty based on traffic. Yeah.
1: So you drove an hour and forty minutes to help other people succeed, Mm -hmm. and you didn't get paid for that directly. No, no, not directly. That's amazing. See, that's what. The Cultural Icon Award, that's what you exhibit that causes people to really kind of be uh, attracted to or uh, just to come to what you do because it's amazing. Yeah. Give me a little of your background because you were a teacher and you, your college background.
0: Uh, so I went to the University of Tennessee.
1: I graduated in
0: 2016. Uh, my major was middle grades education with a concentration in mathematics and an emphasis in natural science. So,
1: so were you a Vols fan? I, so, <laughs>
0: that's a funny story. So my parents were Vols fans growing up, and so I naturally hated it. Like I hated that orange. My mom was all go Vols and I couldn't stand it. Yeah. And so I cheered for the Gators because I was born in Florida. And so I was like, oh, I'll be different. And right. and then I ended up going to UT and graduated. So I kind of get roped into it. But technically, uh, I went to the Chattanooga campus. So I'm what technically a mock and not a Vol. What is a mock? That's, a, it, that's another good question. So it's, it's a mockingbird. <laughs> But that had been highly debated at our school for a long time. They actually had to do a poll to see what the students thought a mock was, and we went with mockingbird. Oh, I see. Uh, there was also water moccasin. Uh, we have it's still on a display in our old cafeteria, but it was a mascot. From like the like late 80s, early 90s. And it was literally like a big shoe, like the moccasin shoe. Yeah. And it got awarded worst mascot in history <laughs> by ESPN, I think, at one point. Uh, who would know that? Dr. So I'm glad we leaned back towards the, the mockingbird. It's a little better. We got yeah. the state bird. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> if you were going to give some um, a two-year agent some advice, or, or even the new people, what kind of advice would you give them? it's helped you get this far this fast?
0: Uh, I would say like specifically to a Keller Williams agent too is believe the Keller Williams mantra. Like I think a lot of people have a big resistance to things. Accept it and don't try and reinvent the wheel. Look at what the successful agents are doing and replicate that. There's not a lot of opportunity for a new agent to create some niche in the industry that's going to change the game. Mm-hmm. You might get to that eventually, and that's great. But right now, focus on what the other agents are doing and believe in the method and just stick with it. Don't give up. So how has your perspective changed in two years? Oh, my experience it's very, very different. I know mm-hmm. when I first got into real estate, I kind of had a perspective of, I think I had a number of like 50,000 and I remember like, if I can just make $50,000 a year, I'll be super happy. That'll be all I need to make. And then as I got into it, I just got more excited on the business leader side of things. Like it wasn't, uh, I'm a realtor, it's I'm a business owner. And how can I be really good at that and how can I make my business grow? And so I kind of got excited on that side of things. And that's what really got me into the idea of modeling your business and not just winging it every day, not just showing up and doing the skills you got taught, but actually, making models for how am I going to do the different processes of my job? And once you do that, you've basically categorized all your tasks Mm -hmm. and you can go in and tweak them and make them stronger and more profitable.
1: So Yes, I remember we had conversations. So your original financial thermostat, I'll call it, was fifty thousand. Yep. Okay. And now, what is it?
0: Uh, my goal for this year, full disclosure, is I think three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars wow. this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, there aren't
1: many teachers making that? Yeah, it's
0: about that's a decade's worth of teaching, right? That's there. right.
1: That is amazing, right? <laughs> so again, the, uh, you said uh, follow the Keller Williams mantra. So. Define that a little better.
0: Um, I, I think it's just buy into what KW does differently than other brokerages. It's it's all there's a lot that's built into it that is more than just selling real estate. It's a culture here, and I think if you buy into that and join the family, so to speak, mm-hmm. it'll make it a lot easier for you. I think that we've really. The reason I think Keller Williams is so different than other brokerages is we say, we want you to be the best agent possible, not join us and hopefully you're good. And if you're good, you can make us money. We say, we want to make you as good as you can possibly be. Here's the steps on how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people put up resistance walls of, oh, I don't want to try this or I don't want to try that. That's not my style. And we're going, look if you just believe the method, believe the models that we set up for you. You'll be successful because mm-hmm. we want you to be successful. I mean, right. so I always say in classes, what, is, what does Gary Keller want for for you more than anything else? He wants you to cap every year. That That's his end goal. He's made mm-hmm. as much as he can make out of you as an agent. If you've capped, that seems like a win-win to me. If oh, I'm see. a capping agent every year. Everybody ends up happy.
1: Okay, so for those of you not with Keller Williams, this capping <laughs> agent thing, uh, generally speaking, it's achieved at sixty thousand gross mm-hmm. income. Yeah. So okay. So uh, I remember you called me one day. You were all excited. I you wanted to investigate. Was it a team? Yeah, team. Mm-hmm. And we we ended up. You were so excited that day. Yeah. About investigating that. How did you get there? Uh once again, I think it was the whole how can
0: I make this business stronger? And the first thing I had done was a TC. And I saw That's a transaction coordinator. Transaction coordinator. Okay. (laughs) And that like allowed me to break through my first plateau that I hit. Mm. Like I remember when I first started the first year and a half, two years, it was basically just like, get as much business as you can and make it make it close. And then I got to a point where I was like, I had seven or eight or nine deals going at a time. And it was like, I can't do other parts of my job because I'm having to focus on this. Hired a TC, transaction coordinator, and she took over so much of the contract to close portion that it freed me up to do more lead gen. And it was just like seeing the truth in leverage. Like you hear leads, listings, leverage over and over and over again. And if you haven't leveraged before, you don't get it. Right. You're Like I get the leads and I get the listings. The leverage is going over my head. Mm -hmm. And then once I saw the power of that, it was like, how can I do that more? And I think that on top of mentoring, because when I started mentoring, it kind of opened my eyes to being a mentor is basically like being a team leader almost. You're having to push the people below you into production so that you're making money off of them but it's a win-win it's a we're all winning together mentality and so seeing that element of kind of being a team leader and leveraging for the first time made me just kind of open my eyes to whoa if you could bring on an admin and if you could bring on a buyer's agent like you could make something that's really special uh-huh. and that's an opportunity that's very different from just i want to sell a few houses a year
1: and that model is on like page 202 of the Millionaire yeah. Real Estate Agent book. If you yeah. want to follow the models, <laughs> that's really good. So most agents say, I don't want to hire a transaction coordinator because either I don't want to pay them the money or I don't think they can do it as good as I can. Say so. Tell me about that for you. So the 1st we'll go through those one at a time. I don't want to pay...
0: I think that I had that same resistance for at least six months where I avoided it because mm-hmm. I would have a moment of, I've got four deals under contract right now. If that's four deals at $400, that's $1,600 I just spent, or I could just manage these four deals and I'd make an extra 1600 And that was thinking small, not thinking, well... If she's running that side of four transactions, that opens me up way more opportunity to lead gen and I can just make more business into the pipeline. So that mindset was what was holding me back for a while. I see. And my big thing I try and tell agents is it's pay as you go. Like you're not paying them a salary, you're paying as you close. So try it for a while, monitor your money. If it's making you more money, it's a good investment.
1: So your first year doing it all yourself, you made around 50, you said, mm-hmm. and I, then the second year with a transaction coordinator,
0: uh, bump, I got a transaction coordinator halfway through the year and it bumped me up to 85,000 for my second year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then my second year, I fought a t- TC the whole time and we hit a hundred thousand.
1: There you go. Yeah. So what advice would you give everybody on that transaction coordinators?
0: I say there's two sides to it and mm-hmm. I understand both camps. So my old experience with it was, I think you should do the deals alone for at least a year or two so that you learn that side of the transaction. Okay. So when a fire arises, you already know how to put it out. And then I had another agent who went through Ignite with me and then she, um, got, was under me as a mentee and she hired a TC deal one. And I was like, Oh, hold on. I don't know. You probably need to learn this side of it. And she confidently said, Nope, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to hire a TC. And she has flourished because of that, because she was able to lean into what she's really good at, which is lead gen and conversion. And it kind of made me go, maybe I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. Maybe that is a good fit for somebody to, to leverage and know where their strengths are. The biggest thing I learned when I hired my TC was not, I can't do this as good as she is. It was, oh, wow, she's way better at this than I was. Mm-hmm. And I was arrogant to think anything else. Yeah. My TC is so organized and on top of everything that I'm like, God, thank God for you yeah. every day. Yeah. So it's the opposite of they can't do it as good as I can. You, you just need to surround yourself with people that can do the stuff that you're struggling at better than you.
1: I love that. Staying into your strength zone, Mm -hmm. doing what you're good at. And I do get what you said is, and that's initially, you need to learn everything there is to know. Yeah. But
0: I always say like, you don't want your TC to call you and say, Hey, we got a Tidewater notice. And you say, well, we're nowhere near the water. What are you talking about? (laughs) Explain the Tidewater thing. A Tidewater notice is uh, a notification you get if your appraisal comes in low on a VA loan. So Mm -hmm. if the appraiser doesn't agree with your purchase price, they issue a Tidewater notice, which means we don't agree with your purchase price. We need comps to support it. But... If you're new to this, you're going tide water. What, what are you right. talking? We're not near, right. near the water. What, what, what form am I supposed to fill out?
1: No doubt, yep. v- VAs have their own intricacies okay. with them that you'll learn going through this. All right. Well, congratulations on your performance last Thank year. You. Thank you very much for all that you do for our group. This cultural icon award, I think, is really neat and it's something special, and you certainly deserve it. Thank you. It was a really special honor.
0: I, I see the other agents that have won that in the past and to be with them and winning that award that's some some good air to be sharing
1: and I'll say this um who knows maybe you'll end up being you said the team leader yeah maybe you'll end up being me one day <laughs> who knows right <laughs> congratulations put it, put it on the record we've, we've got that down okay. in history. He is. I am yeah. looking for somebody that wants I'm reaching to do for this. that torch right now. I actually need a I think you could do it. Did you're 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 did you take a KPA? Yes. Okay.
0: Shayna has it. So I am curious to see what the score was too. Tell
1: her to bump that up against a team leader, the attribute part of the team leader side and let's just see what let's you end up. Let's see what with. happens. Yeah, that'll be kind of cool. <laughs>